I mean, that, that gives me the feels, man. Gives me the feels. Um, I mean, every time I watch that video, and I've, I, I guarantee you I've seen it more than you. Probably no one's seen it more than, than me. Each time I'm, I'm filled with like an equal mix of gratitude and excitement. Of just thankful to be a part of this church family and excited about where we're going. Because today, today is an exciting day. I mean, it is, a, it is a unique day. And so if you're a visitor here, it's not always like this, okay? So it's a different kind of, it's going to be a different kind of sermon. Um, it's going to be a different kind of Sunday. We invite you back next week. We'll be in the book of Esther. It's going to be fantastic. We have a blast. But this Sunday is a little different because this Sunday is what we're calling Vision Sunday. And, and in some ways, that's a bit of a misnomer. Because our, our vision isn't changing. We are a community transformed by grace, sent to transform the world for the glory of God. And that's who we are, and that's who we will remain. What, what is unique about today, what, and what is unique about this season that we're about to enter in, is because we're about to do something we've never done in hopes that we might have something that we've never had, which is a, a home a home for our church that we will minister from and gather in for generations to come. And so while the vision isn't changing, I mean, this really is a defining moment. This this is a major season in the life of Christ Community Church that we're going to be a part of. And it's it's been a journey for even me personally to this point, but even to this place. I mean, y'all have heard me say, I'm not from here. I moved to Little Rock to Pastor Christ Community in, in, in January of 2019, which means some of you date me in this church. Like you've been a part of Christ Community longer than I have. And many of you that I see right now, you were there from the beginning. Like, raise your hand if you were with the church in, in the spring of 2015. And, and as you can attest to, there's something unique and something special about being a part of a church from its inception. Kind of the ground level. When you're laying those foundational bricks. And so those of you who've gotten to be a part of that, man, what a blessing. But here's the deal, is while not all of us had the opportunity to be a part of planting Christ Community Church, all of us are going to get to be a part of the opportunity to root Christ Community Church. That's something that everyone here is going to be able to participate in. This unique season for our church, this unique time of our story. And I think it's something that all of us are going to look back on and be like, that was one of the most special times of any church I was ever a part of. And so here's here's what I want to do this morning. I want to take a long time to answer kind of two simple questions, okay? And, And the two questions are, where are we and where are we going? Kind of where are we and where are we going? And and where we are is that we are a church that's about seven and a half years old and who in those seven and a half years has has been through a lot, been through a lot. 
the, as I mentioned in the video, the, the departure of a beloved lead pastor, kind of founding lead pastor, earlier than anyone anticipated. The departure of the executive pastor. Uh, a two, a multi-year journey through a global pandemic. Temporary uh, rental and, and resident spots and bouncing around and people going, now which place are we going to again? How many addresses do you all have? That's kind of been our journey. And yet in the midst of that, we're also a church that is seeing momentum. Our, our attendance this year is up over 40% from last year. And it's growing every quarter. Um, six of our seven most attended Sundays, non-Easter Sundays, since the pandemic began, have been in the last three months. Our student, I mean, our, our kids' ministry have seen the highest averages for the last two months for those months in the history of our church. Our student ministries has doubled since last year. We will give more money to missions this year than we have in any other year in the history of the church. We are going to dedicate 10 babies next week. And we welcomed over 20 partners last week. So God is moving and there is a real sense of momentum. And yet in spite of that, there's also real challenges that we face as the church. Real challenges that we face as, as, as this church. Um, Beyond just the cultural headwinds that the Christian church is facing in 2022, there are practical challenges that we face. The fact because we meet at LRCA, our, our church is hidden. I can't tell you how many people I, I bump into in the community, they have no idea that we are a church in the community and where we meet. Because we meet here, we're limited to what we can do in this place to, to Sundays. We are limited in how we are able to connect because this is not designed for community. And it puts up barriers between us and the community. And I say that as somebody who, who loves this place and has loved this partnership. But let's just be honest. There are real barriers to us reaching the community by meeting in this auditorium, in this fine arts building. Not to mention, it's not ideal for our kids, which is one of the most, ro most robust ministries we have. It's, they meet in a disconnected building that is not as secure as we'd like it. Um, it requires an immense amount of setup and teardown every Sunday for us to be able to, to do what we do on a Sunday. And then you have the fact that we, we spend over $200,000 a year on the three different rentals we have. So it's, it's not like these place are being, places are being given to us for free. And so while we are seeing real momentum, we are also facing real challenges. And, and that is the moment we are in. And that is who we are. But what you saw there in the Rooted campaign, that is where we're going. That is where the Lord is taking us. And, and our prayer is that it will be a huge step in God taking us to where we ultimately want to be now and for generations to come. And, and in the video, you, you heard a little bit about why we chose the word rooted because of what it symbolizes, this idea of stability and depth, this idea of health and reach and growth. 
And it also finds its home and our inspiration for the whole campaign in the book of Ephesians chapter 3. And one of Paul's great prayers in Scripture as he prays for the church in Ephesus, and this is what he writes. He says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we all ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And so this is the prayer of Paul that we are kind of adopting as our North Star for this entire journey. And within this prayer, you see the three emphases of the campaign that we've talked about, about being rooted in Christ, rooted in community, and rooted for generations. And when we come back in January, when we come back and enter into the campaign in earnest, we're going to take a week and look at each one of those. Like how this move roots us in Christ. So like in a day and age when the, the odds are against us and people are leaving the faith and churches are watering down the truth, what does it look like to stand firm with deep roots and not be blown about by the doctrines of the day? What does it look like as a church to be rooted in Christ and how does this help us? And we'll take a week and look at how does this move root us in community? And once again, that is in community with one another and our ability to connect and do life with one another and rooting us in the community of Little Rock where we're called to minister. And how does this move lead towards a greater emphasis and a greater ability to be rooted in community? And and then lastly, to be rooted in generations. This move, this journey is not for 2023, just 2023 in mind. We're thinking 2033, we're thinking 2053, we're thinking 2073, we're thinking of times and places and moments that go far beyond the group that's in here right now, far beyond my time as a pastor or your time as a congregant to the generations to come. Mark Devers, a well-known pastor and, and scholar, he describes church buildings as time machines for the gospel. They're a time machine for the gospel. And clearly, a building does not equate automatically to a vibrant church. We know that. But what it does is in its very structure, points to something greater. It points future generations to the hope of the gospel in the community in which they reside reside and carries the gospel forward. And so our heart is that this would bring a greater rootedness in Christ, in community, in four generations. And that's what we're going for. That depth and stability, that reach and impact in the community, the connection with one another, and the opportunity to impact the community in which we are in. And this desire is something that honestly was really birthed uniquely out of COVID. 
as God started leading our leadership and having us rethink what exactly are we called to do and where exactly are we called to do it. And then it was accelerated. And it was moved forward by a couple families in our church who, with great generosity, were feeling that move as well. And the two parties were having these prayer, were praying this and, and journeying through this independent of one another. And then it came to, hey, we, have a, we want to further this journey. And they purchased the piece of land on which we will ultimately be. And so that 20-acre plot at Chenal and Chenal, we now own it since last month. It was a bit of a journey, but we own it now. It's truly, truly ours. And because we knew this was the journey we were on, earlier in, in 22, we began work finding an architect. An architect that would have the unique ability to express our vision according to our values when it came to a facility on this unique piece of land that God has provided our church. And that led us to, to Modus Studio out of Northwest Arkansas. And, and we've made great strides working alongside Modus in this journey to create something special, like a, a place of refuge and respite, a place of community and, and beauty, a place where the word of God is taught and the people of God gather, a place that impacts this community and goes to the ends of the earth, a place where when people are asked, man, what, what's your favorite place in Little Rock? What's your favorite spot? They would say, up on the hill at Christ Community. That's where I feel closest to God. If I can even share personally, and this is not why we're there, but you've heard me mention in multiple sermons how when I moved to Little Rock, I was blown away by the natural beauty. Just blown away by it. And there was one spot in particular because I would drive my kids down Chanel as we came to school here in the morning and I would drive and I would go over this hill and there would be pinnacle and there would be this incredible view that just declared the glory of God. And I'd be like, this is the place where I feel closest to God in Little Rock. Having no idea that years later, that is the spot the church would be. It's just an incredible journey of faith and blessing that even I personally am getting to enjoy along the way. And so while we have a basic design laid out of what this will look like, but the, the paint is wet or cement or whatever it takes to build. I guess you don't build with paint. That's why I'm not in the, we let other people handle that stuff. I preach the word. There's still much work to be done. And we fully expect that we are going to have to tweak what we currently have because of where we are in in this process at this point. And, and obviously costs are high. Like we're not oblivious to that. And that is something that is a point of constant discussion. How do we steward this well? How do we manage resources well? How do we serve the body, serve the community, and accomplish what God is calling us to do well? Because while we desire a place to be rooted long-term, we also desire to continually be generous with what we're able to do with our missions. Because that's part of our vision. That's part of our DNA. I mean, that's reflected this week. You, you may not know, a number of folks sitting with you, they got home late last night after a week in the Dominican Republic. Our team just got back, but they're here this morning. 
This Wednesday, we had the, the chancellor of the African College of Theology from Rwanda in town, and I had lunch with him here in Little Rock. We're going to be doing some missions emphases over the next couple of weeks with uh, regards to child sponsorship. That's part of who we are. That's part of our DNA. And so we are being mindful of square footage. We're being mindful of cost, knowing the environment we are in. And we're not looking to build a mansion, but a home. We're looking to build a home. And so what you saw in the video are some of the first renderings. And like I said, if you love something there, you hate something there, don't totally marry yourself to it because we're on a journey. But this is where we're going in terms of a concept. This is really where we feel like the Lord is leading us in what it might look like. And what we hope you see is something that is not only unique and special, but something that seeks to accomplish our vision according to our values, even in its very design. So take the value of being biblical. Besides what will take place within the walls, we want the building itself to speak to this value and do so in a number of ways. So for one, we want to preserve the area as much as possible. So one of the reasons we went with this architect out of Northeast Arkansas, because they, this is where they specialize in. How do you build into natural spaces and capture the natural environment? We want to be stewards of God's creation. We want to capture the views from the top of the hill because that's where people can meet with God in a unique way and just experience his presence to where that becomes formational in their discipleship. Not just what they hear, but the environment in which they interact the very place that they come to church. It speaks to the glory of God. And because it's beautiful, we want light. So we anticipate having windows and natural light. Can, what a concept, right? A place where you can look out and see what God has made, places of reverence and reflection. You may notice even the shape of the building. It's Trinitarian. So it's a three-in-one that we see the three wings going out, but there's a one single gathering spot. You see a tower, which is this modern take on a steeple, reminding us that the point of the gathering is ultimately to worship, to offer up praise to God. Then you have the value of being relational. And the, the facility is going to be designed with the, the idea of connecting in mind. Spaces for connection within the building and outside. We want to use the space as much as we possibly can and devote much of it to people being able just to do life together and connect with one another. So you'll see the lobby in the previous one where the three meet. And then the lobby will come out into this um, awning, this outside that will connect two of the buildings that will then go into a backyard that's a cloister. It's a refuge where there won't be any cars, there won't be pavement, there will be a place where we can gather, a place where we can connect, a place where our kids can play in a playground. We want to use this area to be a blessing to the community because you're going to be able to come up to the building and cut through without ever even going into the building. So someone from the community will park and they'll walk right through and go into this area of refuge where we plan on having open to the public, trails, ultimately a playground, maybe even a pickleball court. 
Some of y'all can make a special gift for the pickle. We'll name it after you. <laughs> but we, we want it to be a place that connects in community and connects with the community. We want it to be missional so, because it's going to root us in the community in a profound way and just let those in our community know, hey, we're here and we've got good news and you can be a part of this and we want you to come. And we want you to be a part of what God is doing here for generations to come. And so while the tower reaches up, you'll notice that the three wings, the three kind of halls, they send out. Because we gather to praise, but we're sent out on mission. Back into the community in which God has called us to make an impact. And so it's missional. And then lastly, it's simple, right? And so simple does not mean a box. Simple does not mean boring. Tus simple means focused. That it's functional and reverent. When we met with Modus, here's what I told him. I said, here's the deal. I want you to take an ancient cathedral and a modern worship center, and I want you to have them have a baby. And I want that baby to be our church. This place of functionality, but reverence of beauty and simplicity that speaks to who our God is and the beauty that our God is. So we want it to be simple. We want to be thoughtful, something that can be beautiful without being opulent, especially when the beauty is so present in creation. And so as you can see, we've we've taken some major steps, right? But we have have a long way to go. We We have a long way to go. Like I said, the paint is wet. On your chairs, you've got a card. Or maybe when you walked in, you got this, this rooted campaign card. And so I want to walk you through a little bit of this so you can know what, we, what is to come. Speak of the date, some of the dates on the horizon. So if you look on the back, we, we are at October 23, Vision Sunday and night at Leva's. December 4th, we're going to have a, a ministry leader gathering. So this is a, a, an opportunity for our community group leaders and some of our ministry leads to gather with church leadership and us give more detail, pull back the curtain more, because we want to invite them in to lead with us in this process, to partner with us, to be a part of this journey, not just a recipient. And that really goes for everybody, because if you look in January of 23, we're going to have many rooted gatherings. I think we're going to have seven. And those, you're going to have the opportunity to sign up for those, and those will be small group meetings, smaller meetings, some in here, but many in the EC, some on Sunday, a number during the week, where once again, you're going to have the opportunity to hear from church leadership, to ask us questions, to get those questions answered, to get greater detail, and we'll have greater detail at that point as well when we get to January. So you have the rooted uh, gatherings. And then we enter on January 29th, we start the actual campaign. And that'll take us in a season, a unique season of prayer as a church. And then we'll take three Sundays and walk through the campaign. The first will be rooted in Christ. The second will be rooted in community. The third will be rooted for generations. And that'll be Commitment Sunday where our church has the opportunity to make their financial commitment about how they're going to participate in this. And then a few weeks later, they'll bring that gift, the 19th, kind of their first fruits, and then we'll celebrate what God has done March 5th. So it's going to be an incredible time. 
an exciting time. And, and as you hear me walk through these things, let me, in light of that, let me just ask you to do four things for me or to consider four things, all right? The first one is I want you to begin to pray specifically for this season of our church. We have never done this. This is a unique time. There's some unique challenges involved. And, and my guess is in generations to come, there will be more campaigns, but we'll never have one like this. Never. We'll never have a time where we go from something temporary to a permanent home. This is a unique moment, a unique season with lots of things going on, lots of potential for distraction and disunity. So would you pray for our church? Secondly, I want you to commit to attend one of the gatherings in January. Like I said, we're going to give you more information. You're going to have time to sign up for those. But we want all of you there. We don't want to do this in the cloak of night. We want you involved. We want you to hear from us. We want you to be able to have your questions answered. And so we want you to be a part of that. And so commit to being to one of those, being at one of those gatherings in January. Thirdly, I want you to try to be at all the services starting that last Sunday in January. The, the, the campaign Sundays. I'd like you to be at every Sunday. But those in particular, so we can experience it as a church family, because here's the deal. Your presence matters. You may go, well, I don't really do anything. Well, you're part of the choir. You're part of the greeting committee. You're part of the church family. Your presence matters. And you want to be a part of this. And so I want to invite you to be a part of one of those. And then fourthly, I want you to prayerfully consider generously participating financially. Like I said, we've been around almost eight years. We have never come to the church family with a campaign. We've done Christmas gifts. We've done missions outreaches. We have never done this. And that is for a specific reason. We only want to do this when we think this is exactly what we need to do. And the way we participate, this is, this is going to take all of us. This is going to take sacrifice and generosity. And this is something we will get to participate in and bless generations to come because of that. And so I want to invite you to start prayerfully considering how you would be involved financially. I want to close the sermon by taking us on a, an, on a journey, all right? So those are the four things, once again. Be at the January gatherings, pray for the church, come to the campaign Sundays, and then participate financially in what God is doing. And so now travel with me in time, okay? Let's go forward a few years. The church is built the Hogs are national champs. Maybe the Aggies, but it seems super unlikely at this point. Whatever the case, it, it, it's October. And fall colors, you know, are on display. It's Sunday morning. And there's a family at Christ Community, and, and they're a new family. They're new to the church, but actually they're new to the entire community. They recently moved here. 
But earlier that week, as they were driving down Chanel, one day they spotted the church through the trees. So that's interesting. That looks beautiful. That looks unique. And that's a church nestled back there. And they decide to check it out. And truth be told, they're not necessarily looking for a church. They're just desperate. They're desperate. On the outside, they're thriving. Good job. Good car. Nice house. Right schools. But on the inside, they're falling apart. They're hanging by a thread. Life is beating them up. And so it's been a while since they've been to church. But like I said, they're desperate. So when the wife says, let's go there, the husband says, okay, let's do it. So they come on Sunday not knowing what they expect. And when they arrive, they're blown away because they drive on the property and they just, the whole place declares the glory of God. I mean, how could there be this beauty and not be a God? But then that's only blown away even more by the people they meet and the community they see within the church. And they hear God's word taught and they join the saints in praise. And afterwards, the the wife finds this particular bench that overlooks Pinnacle and she sits down to take it all in and she connects with God in a way she hasn't in years, right at that moment. During church, she hears there's a Bible study for women starting Monday evening, and she decides to go. Monday comes, and it's a beautiful evening, so they open up the door so they can meet outside on the patio with those stringy light deals that are really pretty. (laughs) And she meets other women, other women on the journey she is on, and as they study the scriptures and pray together with one another, she shares that she is new. And before she leaves that night, a few of the ladies invite her to meet her the next day on the playground. And maybe they can walk the trails and have their kids play on the playground and get to know each other better. So the next day, she shows up, and while the kids are playing, each of the women starts sharing their journey about how they came to Christ's community. The first woman shares how her marriage was on the brink. And she heard about a marriage ministry that took place on Tuesday nights at the church. So she and her husband went. And there they were touched by God's grace and given tools into how to thrive in their marriage. They weren't even going to church at the time, but who doesn't want want a great marriage? So they came and the Lord healed their marriage and now they serve in the ministry, helping other couples in the church family. The next gal speaks of how she went through an awful divorce, how there were deep wounds and addictions and pain but her coworker who went to Christ community who had the light of life and just the joy of the Lord in his heart told her that there was an amazing ministry going on on Wednesdays, a recovery ministry, and that she should check it out. She found healing in the power of the gospel. Her relationship with God was restored. Now she serves in the ministry. The third lady, an older lady, was talking about how she was just living the Christian life, but she didn't see her role. She didn't know how she really fit and what God's great mission of redemption until the church had a missions conference one weekend. And there she got to meet with one of the missionaries who invited her to participate in what God was doing overseas. And now she leads the team that goes to India that mentors to the church planners with her husband. One of the women happened to have a, a teenager, which so did this new family. I mean, the, the, the coincidences are insane. Okay, it's a really unique family. 
but not really. They got a teenager. So it says, you should bring your teenager tomorrow night to student ministries. Meets on the campus, dynamic teaching in a, multi, a great multi-purpose building, and then you can, they play outside. Opportunity for games. And so, and then, so he goes the next night. And the teenager has an amazing time hearing the word of God taught, connecting. They even roast s'mores that night in the fire pits, the Mike High Memorial fire pits out there. No, I mean, that sounds bad. You're not dead. The Mike High pits on the property. Strike that. Promise that's not my manuscript, Mike. And while there, the, the student connects with kids from public schools and private schools and homeschools. And for the first time, homeschooling for the first time feels like a deep connection into the community in which he's moved. And that he has a home, finally, with C3 Student Ministries. He goes home. And his dad asked him, how did, it went? how did it went? He said, it was amazing. And here's the deal, that a number of the middle school guys and their dads, they're coming camping on Friday. Well, where? I don't really have time. I'm, I'm working. No, it's on the church property. There's a place where we're going to be able to gather and camp under the stars. Would you go with me, dad? He says, yeah, I'll do that. So they camp out under the stars there on Friday night and once again, he, he connects with men who didn't know were struggling with the same things. But he also sees a church community interact like he's never seen before. And he interacts with different men, and one of them is an older man because he's there with his grandson. And they get to talking, and the older gentleman asks him what brought him to Little Rock. He says, well, my job and, and family, because my parents live here, but they're pretty... They're pretty lonely. They're pretty disconnected. A number of their friends have passed away or moved away. And the older gentleman remembers, recalls that that next evening on Saturday night, the 55 plus were going to be together, having a night of dinner and games and hanging out and encouraging, encouragement. And he says, you, you should invite your parents to come. And so his parents end up coming. And they connect. And they find a community that they've been longing for. And they go through this next season of life with those friendships. But now it's Sunday. The church doesn't start until 9, but some get there early to watch the sunrise because it might be the prettiest spot in Little Rock to see the sun come up. So they come early and they pray and then people start arriving and the church families gathered and there's a missionary in town that the church is celebrating the work that God is doing in and through them that the church supports. We sing, we worship, we hear God's word taught in a beautiful setting. It's our place where we feel closest to God. Church ends, but people don't want to leave because like I said, it's our place and it's our people. So a number of folks stay after worship and they grab some coffee and they sit outside on the picnic tables and the benches. The kids play on the playground in the field and people enjoy each other's company. They take time to pray for one another and make those deposits and those emotional bank accounts which strengthens us as we go out to be agents of transformation in the week ahead. And as the new family drives off the church property, they do something they haven't done in a long time. They thank God. 
They thank God for his grace, for his church, and for the people of Christ's community. Now fast forward with me. Decades later. The mom who spotted the church through the trees all those years ago, well now she's a grandmother and a great-grandmother. And she once again finds herself at Christ Community Church, her special place, the place closest to her heart, a place where she saw her kids baptized, the place her granddaughter got married and walked the aisle, the place her grandson was sent out as a missionary, the place her great-grandson was dedicated and came to faith. But on this day, she's there for a different reason. She's front row because it's the funeral of her husband. 65 years together. During the service held on this beautiful spring day, with natural light flooding in, springtime flowers blossoming outside the windows, she hears people come up. And they speak about how God used her husband to impact their lives. He mentored the young adults. He ministered to the families and to the marriages there. Finally, the pastor heads up to the podium. It's a packed house. There's people of all ages in there. And while up there, he talks about this godly man. This man with this incredible legacy of faith. This incredible legacy of impact. This man who served as chairman of the elders. The man whose life will ripple through eternity. And then he shares how that wasn't always the case. That he didn't always live for God. And that for much of his young adult life, He was not interested in faith, but that his life had changed one day, decades before, when his wife saw a tower rising from the woods on the streets of Chennault. And she said, let's go. And his life was transformed by grace and then used to transform others for the glory of God. Now that might sound over the top, far-fetched. Why? Why? Can God not do that? Has God not done something like that in each one of us? And that is our vision. The vision is transformation in our church and through our church. And the time has come to take the next step. The time has come to take that next step to help us fulfill our vision. And that we would be rooted uniquely in Christ. Rooted in community. And rooted for generations to come. Amen.
I want to invite the elders up front right now because we're going to close our time this morning in prayer. And as I invite the elders up front who've been walking in this journey for a number of years, we're going to do something different, unique, I don't know, uncomfortable, but that's okay. There's going to be a lot of that over the next couple of years probably. I want to invite all of y'all up. So I want to invite you to leave your seat and come on up here because we're going to pray together as a church family. So you can gather all around this area in the walkways. I would say COVID is over, but I know that I can't say that. Find a friend. Let's gather together. There's room here too. It's not a splash zone. You're welcome to come here. Would you join me as we pray, church family? Heavenly Father, we give you praise this morning for your goodness, for your grace, for your faithfulness throughout all time and in the time that this church has been around. God, we recognize the reality that both we are just a small speck on the timeline of church history, and yet that small speck matters to you. And it matters to us and matters to this community, and we want it to matter for generations. And so, God, as we enter into this season that we've never been in before, not as Christ's community, God, I pray you would give us a unique sense of unity, a unique sense of joy, a unique sense of generosity, a, a, a unique sense of faith that just believes what God could do and can do and will do in and through the people of this place. God, would we commit it all before you? This is not about the Christ community kingdom. It's about the kingdom of Christ building its community. And we want to play a role in that, in this community for generations to come. So God, would you knit our hearts to you? Would you knit our hearts to one another? Would this be a special season, not just because of what, building might get built but because of what becomes of us and how you transform us as we go on this journey with you so God we thank you I thank you for this church but more than that we thank you for the gospel it's all about you you are the one we come to praise you are the one worthy of our praise so may we do all things in such a way that honors you in all ways, now and for generations to come. We commit the Rooted Campaign to you. We commit this church to you. And we pray that you will do what you will in and through it. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said,